Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Tell me about your first time, Matt. My first time? Yeah, getting abducted by aliens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> we grew up in a time when everybody seemed to be getting abducted by aliens. Isn't it funny how all those uh, sightings and abductions just dropped off as soon as everybody had a camera in their pocket? <laughs> it's just weird. But seriously, everywhere we went, we were like bombarded, like the television, magazines, newspapers. You've even brought up on the show. You used to love that uh, Bat Boy and all that and talking about alien abductions. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up, my older brother used to carry around that fucking communion book with the alien on the cover. And it used to scare the shit out of me. We grew up surrounded by the greys. Yep. I was going to actually bring up the communion book because that had to be one of my first like scary moments with an alien, seeing an alien. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. like, And it was when you least expected it. It wasn't always in a bookstore. Sometimes you would be in a grocery store and it would be where the magazines were. That's how popular it was. Yeah. And speaking of not being able to suspect it, looking back, it's obvious that my brother knew I was afraid and would kind of like strategically place it because it would be all (laughs) over the house. (laughs) <laughs> like on every bookcase, and always facing outward. It would sometimes be like on the coffee table. When you open the fridge and you grab a soda, it's right next to the orange juice. Absolutely. <laughs> Fucking bastard. So like early alien memories, seeing TV shows that are exposing alien abductions. Yeah, Star are. Wars. For me, Star Wars was huge, where you see aliens in the cantina and V. V was a big one. Oh god, V was so cool. Uh, like it kind of like falls apart as they do more, but that first miniseries is just tremendous. Yes. So we did live in a world that was way more prevalent it seemed. But like you said, now everyone has cameras and stuff and then they could poke holes and say, "Well, why didn't you record it?" You have an HD camera in your pocket. Why are we shooting polaroids at the uh ships in the sky? So, tell everyone what we're doing tonight. This is a show we've had on our brains for quite some time. We wanted to pay tribute to assorted pop culture aliens and alien things. Yeah, and it actually was surprisingly easy for us. I guess it like it's it is because we are so ingrained with this kind of uh, thing. So it was easy for us to come up with these. Right. I think the only hard part for us was making sure we didn't pick too many of like the obscenely well-known famous pop culture aliens. Yeah, like the first thing that comes to everyone's mind would be like aliens and Sigourney Weaver and stuff. Right. We're not going there. No, not tonight. Not tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast. Exactly. So who's going to kick things off? I think I will start. Number one. Some say that we are not alone in the universe. Others say intelligent life surrounds us. Paramount Pictures presents the true story of one man who just made no for sure. They took him. Fire in the Sky, based on the Travis Walden case, rated PG-13, starts Friday, March 12th at theaters everywhere. My first pick is a certain scene from Fire in the Sky. Oh, my God. Yeah, the 1993 movie based on an allegedly true alien abduction story. Oh, man. You've seen the movie, I believe. So here's the deal with this movie. A while back, you had talked about it. I said, I think I saw the movie 
but I never finished it. Yeah. So, of course, you mentioned it, and I had to finish it. Right. The short summary here is that, like, a bunch of guys go camping, and one of them ends up getting taken by a ship. Mm-hmm. So, most of the movie is just these other dudes trying to convince their neighbors that they didn't kill their friend and, like, bury the evidence, whatever. But when they finally get up to the alien part, holy shit, this movie delivers oh. big. Yeah, it goes way beyond anything you could possibly imagine. So you could put yourself in my shoes where I saw like the majority of the film, but didn't get to what you're about to speak about until just recently. Oh, man. Yeah. So you have this abductee, I guess is what they're called, Travis Walton. Near the end of the film, he finally experiences like a flashback that clues us in about what exactly happened on the ship. Right. Literally one of the scariest movie scenes of all time. It was more, to me, realistic and sort of disturbing. Because if it actually happened, this seems like kind of accurate to how it would go down. Aliens grabbing this guy and like wrapping his body in super elastic bubble plastic. You had a bunch of little aliens who all resembled Harvey Keitel. And <laughs> they did not. With <laughs> <laughs> they did and they're all scurrying around db sweeney wrapping him in wet plastic like you said yeah and then they force feed him like alien jelly it was almost like clockwork orange but with aliens exactly it's like the <laughs> fucking extraterrestrial version of the clockwork orange eyes always open scene you mentioned that jelly that they shoved in his mouth. That was the grossest part of the whole thing. It was so disgusting. Especially because, to my recollection, the, I know these aliens, they might have a little trouble communicating their uh, intentions. But we have no fucking idea why they're doing this. Yeah. Oh, and they got all kinds of things, like machinery coming down at them and poking them in the eyes. Yeah. Oh, oh it's, just, it's just fucking brutal. And, like, uh, Harvey Keitel, my ass, those fucking things were spooky as hell. <laughs> Harvey Kytalians. <laughs> yeah, the Harvey Kytalians, right. <laughs> they look like that faceless demon from Jacob's Ladder a bit. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of Jacob's Ladder in it, which I know that's probably why you like it. <laughs> like it and I'm terrified by it, yes. <laughs> yeah. And all of that stuff takes up, if I'm being generous, 10 minutes of the film. But right. it is such a strong 10 minutes that Fire in the Sky is like one of my always recommended movies. And if you're like me, where you kind of dropped off before that huge climax, yeah. you really missed out. How the fuck? I mean, <laughs> look, I'm not even going to pretend that I don't know why you kind of like uh, gave up. Because after an hour and a half of fucking Terminator 1000 trying to convince everyone that he didn't do it, it's like, all right, can we get to something here? Some alien aspect of this film. Right. <laughs> exactly. So you can't blame me for dropping off, but nobody knew that that was coming. That no. was a huge oh, I mean, payoff. N right certainly not somebody who didn't see any of the numerous TV spots. <laughs> well, yeah, but I remember the TV spots and all it was was like the guy and then like a light shining from right, a UFO. Right. And that's what it Fire in the sky. Okay. Yeah. Now yeah. playing. You're right. All right. I, I can see <laughs> that they didn't show you quite this much in the trailers, but Jesus Christ. Ugh. Big, big fucking scene for me. Travis, get back here! Travis! Number two. When you make a great tasting candy, word gets around. You want Reese's Pieces, do you? Ah, Reese's Pieces. Oh, oh. Mm. who in the world was that? I don't know. Kind of looked like your cousin Willard. Reese's Pieces with the great peanut butter taste that's out of this world. Okay, I wanted to kick my set off strong, and I'm going to go with the Reese's Alien. Okay, this is uh, a blue alien, Matt, that appeared in Reese's Pieces commercials around 1983, just after the release of E.T. Yeah, I guess E.T. didn't want any part of this commercialization. 
he was probably busy. Like he had a spot on the Tonight Show and he couldn't make it to the filming. You yeah, know, he his, was really... his star was soaring. So he's like, you don't got fucking time to do your candy commercial bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. Right. He's like, yeah, I'm busy. I got yeah. I got things. But as we're about to go into, it kind of worked out for the best. It did. And I think just a little backstory real quick is that M&M's declined to do the advertising in E.T., the movie. So what happened was Reese's Pieces kind of snuck in there and grabbed that spot. And in a way, these spots are inspired by E.T. They're absolutely inspired. I mean, why the fuck else? (laughs) Why the fuck else is Reese's Pieces suddenly going to devote all of its advertising time to space aliens? But, you know, it was a big thing back then. And when you look at this alien, he looked nothing like E.T., of course. This is a blue alien. And to me, when I was a kid, I loved this alien because he almost looked like he was made of claymation or something. He wasn't just some goofy costume. When you really look at it, you look at the detail. Right. And it almost looked like it was it was an effect. Yeah, totally. You watch it. and You actually have to sometimes as, as grainy as these YouTube videos are. You have to remind yourself that he's actually there. It's not like some CG insert. That's exactly the way I felt. But I really love these commercials. There was two that I remember that, uh, that are on YouTube that you could check out. And the first one where the alien walks into like a neighborhood store and he goes up to the counter and he's making gibberish sounds. And the guy behind the counter, he somehow understood all of that. Yeah. And he says to his wife behind the counter, look like your cousin Willie. So then the alien starts munching on the Reese's Pieces, and he looks like he's in absolute ecstasy. Oh, yeah, total O-face. Yeah, but the Cousin Willie thing became, I guess that was the name of these spots, because there was the other commercial where this little kid opens up his front door, and the alien is there offering him some Reese's Pieces, and the kid yells to his mom, like, Ma, you got to see this little blue dude. And then before you know it, the alien's gone, and the mom comes over, and then some, like, repairman in a blue uniform walks up to the door and if yeah. that was it. so the spots are great and i definitely recommend people watching them just to get that kind of nostalgic vibe but the thing is there was print ads of this alien oh, everywhere they comic were in books. so yeah. many comic books like yeah. basically every comic book for a certain stretch of months if you get a comic like any comic from like 1983 84 it's definitely in there yeah and the best thing is that like he's the same alien, but totally different, rendered in the comic books. Yeah. Like he's much more elegant and suave in the comics. <laughs> suave. Mm-hmm. I just, now all I can think about is inhaling Reese's Pieces. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck M&M's for passing on E.T. because Reese's Pieces beat M&M's 100% of the time for me. Oh, God, me too. There's like such a novel thing. Yeah. It's so delicious. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Want some? It's a little blue guy with big ears. He wants to share his Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces? Reese's Pieces. Mm, they're real peanutty with a crunchy candy shell. Number three. Hello, I'm Tim White. Welcome to Sightings. Okay, so this is a drum I've beaten to death on my site, and I may have even talked about it here with you before, mm-hmm. but I couldn't not include it in a show about aliens. Let us speak about that one episode of Sightings. Ah! <laughs> yes. The skies are opening up here. Mm-hmm. So Sightings, for those who don't remember, it was like a better and worse version of Unsolved Mysteries. The production and the atmosphere weren't as good but they never made you like sit through a lost love segment. Right. I always felt like sightings to me was the one that you would prefer if you were more into like horror type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was just all that stuff. I I mean, I don't think it was made quite as well, but it was just giving you, it knew where its bread was buttered, put it that way. But it had Tim White, who I absolutely loved. And he had that voice. He was so good. Yeah. I just love how nonchalant. And then the the werewolf took her arm and used (laughs) it to build a alien spacecraft. (laughs) So this episode was all about aliens and it aired back in October of 92. So it was basically about how aliens like keep tabs on us. 
like we've been tagged and they kind of just are a constant shadowy presence in our lives. So to illustrate that, we get these shots of space aliens lurking outside of our bedroom windows. And yes. then there are shots of them like hovering over little kids right in their bedrooms. Gosh, yeah. It's so unsettling. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like 12, maybe 13 when that episode aired and it killed me. <laughs> it was always, I mean, I'm sure you were too. You kind of grow up with a little bit of trepidation surrounding your windows at night. Trepidatious is the word. Give me my 50 cents. (laughs) So because of this episode, I started tacking whole blankets over my window. I just, I couldn't fucking deal with the aliens watching me in bed. I was laying in bed. I opened my eyes and here's a little gray standing there looking at me. And all I could really remember were those dark eyes. The visuals in this episode, they're beyond creepy. And that's always our definitive alien, these grays that they call them. Right. You know, the I mean, typical, well, like the big eyes and the tall heads and everything. Well, I mean, I, I think Father Time might be sweetening your memory a bit because when I went back and watched the episode just a little while ago, they're like basically just like 110 pound people in these tight jumpsuits with like $10 masks. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes you don't need a big budget to scare people. No, I mean, well, that's the thing, you know, the the suits may have been iffy, but you add in that sightings, creepy music and all that blue light. Here's the one thing about this sightings episode. All right. They cut two interviews from various people who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens. Mm -hmm. Right. There is one guy. The things he is saying are just completely astounding to me the most humiliating thing that happened to me is they put a cylindrical sort of thing over my genitals and it made me have an orgasm in a second yeah there's a lot of that going on in sightings you know it's not true but at the same time you wonder if they know it's not true yeah like if they were paid actors man they they really should have been nominated for a golden globe or something oh absolutely it's like it's where do they come from and how has no one hired them to do more work i know <laughs> and what are they doing now that's what i want to know oh boy god yeah that's the other thing because you look back at these segments and you're like wow these people are there with their names blasted and now they're probably trying to lead normal lives and people are looking them up 35 years later say we talk to one of them now do you think they would still be just as gung-ho on telling us about this story, like proving their story to everyone. Or they'd be like, well, I probably shouldn't have done that show. <laughs> I would, I would, yes, it would lean more towards the latter, yeah. I think at this point, you just kind of fess up and move on. <laughs> okay, so I didn't get abducted by aliens, but... Um, <laughs> but you know, I do I own my own bakery you. now, and you can, here's my business card. <laughs> Join us next time for new investigations into the unexplained. For sightings, I'm Tim White. Good night. Tomorrow, after a full hour of cops, emergency teams go into action to save Number four. Hello. Greetings. Greetings. Uh, greetings. Hello. Hi there. Nope, 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 nope. Book. 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 Earth book. Earth book. Earth book. Earth book. So I realized I kind of started to lean on to these little kitty type entries, but here's another one. The Yip Yip Martians from Sesame Street, Matt. <laughs> I mean, I could deal with you having your little kid entries, but what I'm noticing is that you like to weasel these Muppets references into like every fucking show now. I, I think it was just like by accident, but there's no way I could do an alien show with you and not bring up the Yip Yip Martians, okay? These are two aliens that... They basically hover down to Earth, and they, in the same way that your sightings guys, like, peer in through your window, these two, they're peering into people's windows, and they're gawking at different devices in people's homes. So they were, like, two squid-like aliens that would look into the window. They'd see a phone or a radio. 
and they would say little single words to each other and make weird noises. And they were like Cadbury bunnies the way they, they sounded. Yeah, they kind of were. And their giant mouths would be like making weird sounds and stuff, like I said. So anyway, they'd go back and forth. And then they'd go into these tirades where they would go, yip, 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 yip. <laughs> Very bizarre, let's be real. Like I'm watching these clips this morning and my immediate impression was that I should have gotten stoned first. It's totally hallucinogenic stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So, like, when I was two or three years old, I would be hysterically laughing. Until that moment in my life, I'd never experienced this kind of absurd hilarity. You know what's <laughs> so... funny? When I picture little kid you laughing, he yeah. still has this deep baritone <laughs> laugh. So it's just, like, toddler on the floor doing your laugh. <laughs> My sister used to laugh just as much as me at this thing. She was older than me, but she got just as much of a thrill out of it as I did. Yeah, the and humor was transcendent. Let's be real. Yeah. She and I used to mimic the yip yips, right? So we would do it to each other. I used to think like years later, I'm like, was she just doing that to make me laugh? Or did she really love the yip yips? Oh, <laughs> oh <my> man. <laughs> Mysteries. You're going to have to ask her next Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> So go check out the one where they discover the radio and they're scared shitless. Their big beady eyes are expressing their amazement. And it's such a classic. I'll have to check that one out. I actually just watched a few random clips without researching. Yeah. But then I went on Wikipedia and they have a complete list of all Yip Yip segments. Yeah. Every time they appeared, which actually wasn't a lot. They're not like Elmo, who's been on a 10,000 episodes, you know? They, they might not be like Elmo, but back in 2012, Elmo apparently delivered pizza to them on Mars. He did! <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> no pizza. Want box. Uh -huh. Pizza box. Pizza box. Well, why do Martians like the pizza box? Pizza box dance. Pizza box. Number five. Ronald McDonald and friends in the story of Cosmic. One day, a strange object landed in McDonald Land. Look! A silver flower pot! Oh, that's no flower pot, Grimace! Who's there? Hi ho, Earth people! Cosmic here! I popped in from outer space on a trade mission. Trade? Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. I get it! Trade! Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. <laughs> Boy, he moves fast! Okay, Jay, I will see your yip-yips and raise you one cosmic. The short-lived McDonald's space alien mascot. Yes, I can't believe you're talking about this guy. Yeah, uh, I believe he debuted in the mid-80s, somewhere around there. He's this, like, orange Martian that kind of looked like a buggy version of Cheezosaurus Rex. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's accurate, but it's almost like he's... An alien inside his own little flying saucer costume. Yeah, instead of clothes, he wears a spaceship. Like, picture a silver volleyball with orange arms and legs, and you're in the ballpark. <laughs> Honestly, if you didn't bring him up to me, I think he would have been lost to the ages in my brain. Yeah, it's weird, because this guy had a pretty long tenure, but I really don't know how much I remember him when I was a kid. When you brought him up, I started to remember him due to one of the ads, but in general, he didn't make a huge impression on me. The guy is just such a fucking mystery. Like, I'm looking him up, and a few sites say that he was voiced by Frank Welker. That sounds accurate. Yeah. Right, it sounds accurate, but then you go to these other sites that say he was voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I don't think so. Of course not. It can't be true, <laughs> but it's like on the fucking McDonald's wiki. When it's on the internet, it has to be true. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah. I was like, how, I love the idea of someone having such a specific vandalism fetish. <laughs> I'm going to change all references to Frank Welker to Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> so he had a gimmick, though. Did he have a gimmick? I couldn't pick up on it. He always wanted to trade stuff, and he wanted to trade so he can get the burgers. Oh, is that was I, I did notice that in one commercial. I hadn't realized it was a recurrent theme. Yeah, like, I'll trade you my rubber duck pool toy for a, a cheeseburger. Like, yeah, that's as, a as terrible... if the fucking commercials aren't weird enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like we, we it's have a terrible to... trade. It really was. That, that guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a, it's just a complete uh, circus, this mascot.
Well, I mean, McDonald's Land had a lot of wacky characters. When you think of the traditional characters, he's not in your conversation of the first people you start to list. Right. He's like, he's last on the list, basically. <laughs> it's like, wasn't there one more? Oh, oh yeah, Cosmic. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you mentioned McDonald's characters. I'm a sucker for all the weirdest and the most obscure ones. So this is like way up my alley. Well, you had the other weird guy. You had the, the mad scientist guy in the one ad with him. And they're sitting at the table in McDonald land. The, the mad si You mean the chicken McNuggets professor? Yes. <laughs> the mad scientist. <laughs> yes. He concocts chicken McNuggets. Cosmic. Uh, uh... <laughs> Let's be fair, though. I do think it's time for Cosmic to make a comeback. I'm with you. In fact, when I saw these ads, it just seems like such a late 90s design. It's yeah. like, wow, I can't believe this was mid-80s shit. Yeah. He would totally work today, though. You're right. It would be a McComeback. <laughs> a McComeback. <laughs> Cosmic calling Ronald. Come to the mountain. Thanks, Cosmic. I'll come right up. But how? How you better help Ronald? I'll help you, Ronald. Going up, Ronald. Oh, gotta get down, gotta get down. Cosmic. Ronald, I'm down here. Cosmic, I'm up here. Number six. There is an alien invasion happening. We're the neighborhood watch. Anything from outer space, kill it. Yeah! Nobody touches this till we figure out what it is. You're looking at an alien. I'm looking at the next Justin Bieber. T-shirts, merchandising. My mind's going crazy with this thing. That alien hive turned out to be a local orgy. There's an orgy happening locally. The last thing we want to do is cause a disturbance. The Watch. Radar. As you know, Matt, I have a pretty decent track record with recommending shitty movies to people on the Purple Stuff podcast. <laughs> That's exactly how I would term it as well. So here's one for everyone, and it goes along with our theme tonight, and it's called The Watch, and it's a movie from 2012, and I love The Watch. So The Watch, this is uh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn. And what's the other kid, guy? Jo Jonah Hill, right. the guy from uh, Superbad. Yeah, I feel like these guys are like in 50 other movies. <laughs> they are. They all hang out. Yeah. <laughs> but this movie was a bona fide bomb which makes me love it even more. Oh, was it? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So well, I guess um, I should have known that because honestly, it's like, and you know how much they advertise like a Stiller Vaughn movie. I don't know if I fucking even heard of this thing. It kind of was pushed under the rug. What tanked it is that it was about a neighborhood watch. But meanwhile, in real life, the whole Trayvon Martin case was going on. So, oh. it, yeah, so it really was not a good time to put this movie out, right? right? But, of course, this movie was not about that at all. It was about aliens, okay? So <laughs> it's, an it's an alien comedy. Four men who form a neighborhood watch. This is from IMDb. They create that neighborhood watch uh, to get out of their day-to-day -day family routines, right? And then they defend the Earth from an alien invasion. Yes, I picked that up from the three clips I would allow myself to see today. Yeah, so I liken it to old school and Ghostbusters meets some kind of alien movie like Invasion of the Body Snatchers or something. Oh, Jay, I think you're a little late to get on the back of the DVD, but good for you for trying. <laughs> I'll take it, though. You know. <laughs> but yeah, so this is just one more recommendation for some light entertainment which would be free of deep thinking and full of absurdity just the way I like it. And you don't have to think about social media or politics or problems in the world. You just watch the watch. Oof, uh, that's, a, that's a strong endorsement. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you mind if I spoil a key part of this movie? No, go ahead. So I was reading about how the aliens' brains in the movie are in their crotch <laughs> so naturally i had to look that up and i landed on this youtube video and it was titled and i'm quoting here the watch 2012 aliens weakness is in their dicks <laughs> and the video had a watermark for a site called find kinky women <laughs> what? yeah i'm not kidding so that means that the proprietors of find kinky women thought that the best way to solicit new customers was by uploading a bootleg clip of the alien dick scene from your stupid fucking movie. <laughs> that is so weird and random. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's such a minor part of that movie. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, based on the comments you see when you look up the Watch 2012, it's pretty much all about the dicks. No, it's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of nonsense going on with this movie. Like all the guys get together. They're drinking beers in Vince Vaughn's man cave and they're taking selfies with the alien. Yeah, it, it's, it's really ridiculous. But I always used to recommend this to my friends. And this movie is it's almost comical because to them, it's like kryptonite. Like nobody ever wants to watch it. So well, well, let's to... face it. It does sound on its face like a dare. Hey, look, I got Stiller and Vaughn <laughs> in a movie where they pose with an alien's dead body. Yeah, I mean, it's not winning an Oscar, but just watch the freaking movie. It's like you cut to the fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm shaky head gif. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Uh, One thing I will say is that based on what I saw today, the alien, pretty good effect there. There's some pretty intense alien scenes in it, and that kind of strikes a good balance between the goofy comedy and the alien scenes. So there's like, it's definitely, it's a creepy design too. It's not like a goofy Mm -hmm. one. Right, yeah, it does. It's not like over the top comical. So, but I definitely like a Saturday afternoon cinema. If we still had those on WPIX, this is the modern day version of it. Now I can't wait to see it. A little Lipton soup. Oh man! And the watch starring Ben Stiller. We are fucking gods. What'd you say, Evan? Can't see nothing yet. Come back again. Baby, can't see nothing yet. Tell me about it. Come on. Number seven. Never before in this galaxy, free Starbots. Star travelers you transform and put together. One free in Corn Pops. So this is a weird pick, but I think it fits well enough. I want to tell you about what I consider the all-time greatest cereal box prize. Tell me about it. This is even better than the Batman Bank or the Ninja Turtle cereal bowl. That's a tall order, Matt. I don't know if that's possible. Do you remember the Kellogg's Starbots? I remember them, yes. Yeah, I think they came out in 85, but if not, somewhere around then. Mm -hmm. So for a short while, Kellogg's gave out these little plastic knockoff Transformers figures. Very, like, generic looking. Yeah, they kind of looked like GoBots, but they were, like, made of cheap plastic. But my God, they were the coolest things I have ever pulled out of a cereal box. (laughs) <laughs> that is the biggest stretch of anything you've ever said in your the whole life. The biggest stretch? I, 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 I challenge you to name a cereal prize, or as we call them, premium, that was better than the Kellogg Starbots. That's insanity, insanity to say that these, these generically painted one color. Uh, first of all, fuck you painted. Not, they weren't painted. They were one color plastic, but they came with sticker sheets. You got to apply them yourself. That's true. That oh. is true. We came up in the era when you got everything from wacky wall walkers to boxes of nerds in cereal. Right. But really, like these were my favorite. I'm surprised that they didn't rock your world the way they rock well, mine. I did have, I think, uh, one of the spaceships, the space shuttles, I should say, but I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of the other ones. I think because after that space shuttle, I'm like, all right, I, <laughs> I oh, didn't wow. love it. Oh wow, God, Jesus Christ! Oh <laughs> fucking Christ! I'm gonna add that to the list of things that are wrong with you. <laughs> That's a short list. <laughs> <laughs> you wish it was. I'm they're on volume on, two. They're all on this episode. Yeah. Speaking of which, I need a new Marble Hill book. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're yeah like you said little spacecraft space shuttles but then you could stand them upright and you'd see the little cute robot faces and their arms moved and oh I just fucking love them if they called them cute robot faces i might think a little bit differently about them oh starbots was a great name like for me this was an out and out toy line like i didn't look at them like cereal prizes and you know when you're a kid getting any new toy it's like a fucking event Anything that could be used in adventures with your existing toy collection, that was always good, too. Right. If nothing else, even if you were kind of sketchy on the quality of the Starbots, and clearly you were, you could at least incorporate a robot into your G.I. Joe adventure. I think the the helicopter guy was the coolest, because when you opened him up, his face, without the sticker on it, like his face kind of looked like Captain Crunch. Ah, I don't recall his face. I'll take your word on it, but that does sound, you know, I was, I was going to 
chime in and say that the copter was clearly the worst of the Starbots. But now that you're telling me it looks like Captain Crunch. <laughs> Did you have a favorite Starbot, though? Uh, my favorite was just the gray, simple shuttle. Okay, so a space shuttle, a helicopter... Uh, what else did they have? They had something that oh, the, looked like uh, the Star Trek Enterprise thing. And the fighter planes, right? Right. Can we confirm that they're aliens? Well, they're from the, <laughs> the Starbots, so they're from the stars. Oh, they're from the stars. Okay. So, and, uh, like, and can we confirm that they're aliens? Do we have any giant fucking spacecraft that turns into giant robots here on Earth? No. <laughs> Okay, so we have to say that Transformers are technically aliens, right? Well, they're not technically. They actually are. They come from Cybertron, which is clearly an alien world. See, I love this. Now we're getting into the real details of the alien. Like, this is what an alien show is all about. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm sure everyone else out there agrees as well. So I think they should come out with a Starbots Classics line from Mattel. Oh, God. <laughs> That's just forty four ninety nine a month. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get them when we're ready to send them. Yeah, or at least Funko could do the cereals with the Starbots. Oh them. my god, that would be so enormous. I mean, I know, like, I'm literally the only fan of Starbots, but they should do it. I think that's accurate. <laughs> uh, one love, Kellogg Starbots. I gotta feel the taste. Gotta make it right. Just one thing will do. Gotta get pop, yeah, gotta get pop. The pop sensation of Kellogg's Corn Pop cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. I gotta get pop, yeah, gotta get pop. Number eight. Slammed by Harry O'Conkey. That guy went eight, man. You narc. Where nobody's mean, you nark. Where all the folks on the scene are blue or pink or polka dot and purple green. And oh, you nark. In bold, you nark. I may be green and darky, but proud to be a zarky in my home time, you So I love Disney. And I especially love Disney World. And anytime I go there, I go to a place called Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe in Magic Kingdom to witness one of the best shows on the planet Earth. And that is Sunny Eclipse. Oh, man. Sunny Eclipse. Yeah. Sunny Eclipse is basically like Tony Bennett if he was a space alligator with spiked red hair. He was like an animatronic type of character. And he would play the piano and do a show for you while you ate lunch or dinner. Yeah, whether you were going to pay attention to him or not, the show would go on. <laughs> yeah, it was like a 25-minute show. He had one-liners. He did tunes that he made up himself. And it was just tremendous. And every time I went to Disney, I would always stop in. And I still stop in to see it because they still have it, which I love. Because usually they get rid of these things. And they're like, no, it's a little antiquated. And they move yeah, it out. And let, let's be real. This is kind of antiquated by their standards today. But I guess Old Sonny has developed a cult following. It's exactly the case. Because usually they would say, you know what? We're going to replace Sonny. And we're going to have uh, a CGI video of him on the wall somewhere, you know, right, in the right. back. You have to go to the back to find him. <laughs> but as far back as I can remember, I think he started around 95. Yeah, that's what I read. He was from Unork on Planet Zork. Pig Latinish thing going on there. Yeah. So, like, while you're literally shoving down burgers and fries, this alien is belting out hit songs. Yeah, um, and the guy, this guy, I mean, he was a stone-cold crooner. Like, he was hitting those was. notes. He was, yeah. And it and wasn't he, like some, like, goofy alien voice. Like, ah, nah, nah, nah. no, no, this guy, like you said, Tony Bennett. Oh, yeah, he was a talent. And he called his songs musical food you can taste with your ears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of his songs, one of them was called Starlight Soup and Salad, and it's about the restaurant's menu. It's brilliant. Oh, that's fucking great. But the one that always brought down the house was Planetary Boogie. That was the bomb. I love that one. Planetary Boogie. It's the Planetary Boogie. 
it's so bizarre because he's such a funky looking dude and then to hear this voice these heavenly tones coming from him <laughs> all right so get this after you watch the show you can order on the menu he has his own dessert okay it's called the sunny eclipse dessert right cookies and cream cheesecake on a chocolate cookie crust covered in a chocolate ganache featuring sunny eclipse white chocolate so I think the important thing right there is uh, uh, ganache. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I would like to hear more about Sonny's white chocolate. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So ganache. Ganache is what again? I think it's like a melted chocolate sauce, but I just love saying ganache. It is a fun word to say, you know, and you just feel a little bit smarter every time you say it ganache and fancier yeah yeah i'm with you so i'm watching these homebrew videos of sunny on youtube and i love how he just keeps plugging away no matter how loud or disinterested the crowd is this guy is unflappable <laughs> that's because he just has so much confidence that he knows he's killing it up there i guess so i mean it's like you hear 50 kids screaming their heads off and sonny at best will just kind of lift his eyebrows a little bit for an alien who's reached like Beatlemania levels of success he doesn't really have to do anything anymore he just goes and he just does his thing yeah you know, you're not exaggerating either because uh, disney just released these poll results and he's actually their most popular character <laughs> I always wondered why he didn't host like little bumpers on the Disney Channel. Yeah, has he done anything? Has he been in any films, any spots, anything? I don't know, but he needs to be. Sonny, if you need a home, you can come and chill with us on the Purple Stuff Podcast. Hello, all you earth flames. My name is Sonny Eclipse. So listen to me, people. I got music at my fingertips. I perform on all the planets and some rock and rollin' rocket ships. So hello all you earthlings, the name is Sunny Eclipse. The following program deals with controversial subjects. The theories, opinions, and beliefs expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. If what you are about to see is real, it's the most startling film footage in history. Although we remain skeptical, some experts believe this is authentic footage of an alien life form. Real or not, we must warn you, this appears to be an actual autopsy. And some of the footage you will see in the next hour is very gruesome. Stay with us as we put the question to you. Alien autopsy, fact or fiction? For my last pick, I want to talk about alien autopsy, fact or fiction. Oh, here we go. Yep. This <laughs> ran as a TV special on Fox back in 95. Yes. Funny. I think uh, that means that alien autopsy, fact or fiction and Sunny Eclipse debuted at the same exact time. Interesting. They might have been in the same crash landing of a UFO. Sort of a mutual back scratching arrangement, I'm sure, was in the works there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the quick summary is that somebody produced this quote-unquote convincing footage of an honest-to-goodness alien autopsy, <laughs> yeah. allegedly shot in 1947. And they tried to say that this was real footage. Yeah, they shopped it around, this footage, and uh, Fox picked it up. They had Jonathan Frakes host this TV special. So all the footage is black and white and grainy because it's allegedly from the 1947. Right. So I don't know if... It really holds up well by today's standards, but it's still fascinating to watch, even though it's everybody knows it's fake. It's been admitted to be fake now. It was quite a, an event back then. I guess if you're into this sort of thing, it was on your radar. It was definitely on my radar. I remember watching it back then, and it was quite interesting. Yeah, so it's essentially just this long footage of a dead alien on the table, and these doctors are like pulling and plucking at its body. Right. And for me, the best part is how they blur out its genitals. <laughs> yes. Like, like, it's too hot for TV, these alien genitals. I feel very sorry for whoever that was. If it was from some other world, planet, their family will never know what happened to them. They'll never go back home. He has, like, a, a head of a gray with the big eyes and stuff, but everything else is human. Yeah, and it's like... 
Frakes is doing his best to not be too visibly skeptical, but even they couldn't admit that it was likely to be real. <laughs> but then when they had Stan Winston interviewed, like that, oh, that's... man, I hope I hope Winston was paid handsomely. I was thinking the same exact thing. Like, how much did he get paid to add his credibility to this nonsense? <laughs> Stan, Stan, you don't have to say it's real. Just say that you can't rule out that it's real. How much do you want? <laughs> Like, here's a guy, Stan Winston, creator of movie magic. Yeah. And, you and he's, know. <laughs> he's trying to say that this is like on par with what his studio does. I'm like, no, Stan, you're selling yourself a little short there. This is like fucking Halloween costumes shoved full of newspaper. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. It actually wasn't bad, especially when you see like the insides. Like, they built bloody organs and shit. It was pretty cool, especially to know that back then in 95. We didn't have the uh, special effects that we have now. So, I mean, that was definitely good for the time. It totally could have convinced people. Well, I mean, I think it could have convinced people, especially back in 95 when the Internet was in its infancy. Because, like, if it came out today, obviously, we would probably all know it was fake before it even aired. And even if we didn't, everybody would be all over social media talking about how phony it looked. Right. But back then, you're just on your couch. You don't have a phone. You have nothing. You just take that shit at face value, or at least you can like suspend your disbelief a little further. The whole scene that they're filming with the alien there, it reminds me of when Jeff is getting that operation in Blair Witch 2. <laughs> oh, gosh. It really does, though. It's the way it was filmed. I wonder if Joe Berlinger watched this <laughs> and said, hey, I need to replicate this scene in Blair Witch 2. You know, it's said that Alien Autopsy Factor Fiction had a big impact on many upcoming directors of the time. <laughs> I'm sad that I don't buy into those alien things more than... I mean, I used to really, really believe all that shit. But you don't anymore? No, I'm an old, cynical guy. But I have to admit, the world was much more interesting when I thought that doctors really were out there yanking hearts out of dead aliens. <laughs> I mean, I think it's all embellished, obviously, but I do think that there's a possibility that there's life on other planets. I absolutely believe there is life out there. I just don't know that we have seen proof, and I especially don't believe we've seen proof in a Fox TV special from 1995. What if the alien is real? Let's consider. He was an explorer, perhaps a scientist. Crashed and died on a distant blue planet, light years from his home. A frightened race of beings found his lifeless body, performed experiments, and hid the results. Why did he come to our planet? What went wrong? Obviously, his own mission failed. But in his death, he may have delivered the most important message mankind has ever received. We are not alone. Number 10. All right, Matt, for my last entry, I am kind of a metalhead myself. And when it comes to Megadeth, I never really thought that I'd be able to bring them up on the Purple Stuff podcast. Well, it's kind of but... been an unspoken rule between us that you wouldn't. <laughs> but in this case, it's totally acceptable because their song, Hangar 18, has a music video that is amazing. And amazing is one way to put it. What the fucking fuck was that? That was even worse than the Billy Ocean video. <laughs> yeah, there's total random aliens in this whole thing. So quick backstory, right? Hangar 18 is an Air Force hangar in Ohio that was said to have contained UFO technology and possible aliens, right? Oh, from, I didn't know from, this. Yeah, from the Roswell incident. So that was where they got the idea from this. And all the lyrics of the song coincide with that. <laughs> is that what they're saying? 
saying. I couldn't it, make out any of the words. <laughs> so the band is rocking out in this hangar while all these aliens are being caged up, but then they're being experimented on and probed and whatnot. Oh, brutal. Yeah. And it's interesting because most of the time I'm thinking, wow, this is like the cantina scene from Star Wars because you blink and you miss all these aliens, these fleeting shots of random aliens that they have, right? Yeah, they're not like – and the designs are out of this world. They really are. Like one of them is so adorable. He looks like a cross between a Boglin, Mac and me, and baby Sinclair. I know exactly which one you're talking about, and you are dead fucking right. And he's getting a freaking probe in his stomach. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Ridiculous. And it wasn't even like, you know, probe is saying too little. It was almost like they were trying to pop a balloon. Like it was just fucking scary ass shit. This is the opposite of all the humans on sightings are claiming to be abducted by aliens and probed and people in fire in the sky and stuff. This is the opposite. Oh, how the tables have turned. Right, exactly. So they're all rocking out. What happens at the end of the video after they witness this whole thing is that they cryogenically, the government cryogenically freezes Megadeth. Is that what was happening? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the cool thing years and years later on a cartoon called Duck Dodgers, which is the Warner Brothers cartoon mm-hmm. uh, with Daffy Duck and whatnot. There's an episode called In Space, No One Can Hear You Rock. And the lead singer, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, plays himself in the cartoon and they return him from out of the freezing chamber. Oh my God. <laughs> so it connects. Like, it's insane. So that that the actually, sequel yeah. to Megadeth's 1990 fucking Hangar 18 scary ass X rated music video is a fucking segment on Duck Dodgers. <laughs> Of the 24th and a half century. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, if there's one thing I know less about Megadeth then, it, it's Duck Dodgers, but that's still <laughs> amazing. The song actually did have a sequel. Megadeth wrote one called Return to Hangar. Yeah. And Why that, didn't they it, call it Hangar 182? Yeah, I know. You would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> so the sequel tells the story of the aliens that were contained in the hangar that they come back to life and they start killing the government officials inside the building before they escape. Well, I mean, can you blame them? They went through some serious shit. Like, remember that fucking cockroach alien? They were using like bone saws on them. Yeah. They had that guy. And then the one with a giant, enormous head that was like 25 times. He was like leader from, yeah. yeah. God, the (laughs) designs were just so great. Mm Mm-hmm. It really was amazingly done, and I don't think anybody talks about this enough, you know? No, I mean, I sure haven't. Let me ask (laughs) you, was this a big hit when it came out? This song, Hangar 18, was actually nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance, and yeah, back in 1992. How about the video? Did that get any nominations? Best music video of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Scattered reports! Return to hangar. So that was our alien show, Matt. Yeah, it was. Wow, we were all over the place. Fucking Megadeth, uh, McDonald's yeah. characters, <laughs> Yip Yips. A lot of fun, though, to talk about aliens. It was hard to narrow down our lists. We could have gone in so many different directions tonight. It's true. And I wonder if any of the aliens are up in space doing a show about us. Like, there's these two freaks that do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're on my list. <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> so who's gonna run down the the lists uh okay let me look at yours you tonight brought to the table the reese's pieces blue alien oh just love that guy oh, so good the yip yips from sesame street yip 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 <laughs> sunny eclipse 
who yep. I know you mentioned uh, Tony Bennett, but to me, he looked like if Martin Short had guest voiced it on Dinosaurs, he would have looked like Sunny Eclipse. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. You have Megadeth's mega scary music video. Yeah. And uh, Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn in The Watch from 2012. <laughs> just by the tone of your voice I mean, it's not, it doesn't have a shot in hell no I'm going to cut that one out uh, I'm going to drop yip yips Sunny Eclipse is something but not going to make the final cut so it's between the Reese's Pieces Alien and Hangar 18 nice and I am going to go against my brain and give it to Megadeth Oh, damn. Yeah, I mean, the vibe in that video is like Ghoulies 2 meets The Running Man. Just keep your pause button ready because there's a lot of cool little shots of the effects that they did in that. Yeah, I kept uh, pausing the YouTube video because it's like there are so many blink and you'll miss some creatures in there. It's just yeah. it's really great, scary video with a pretty good song to go along with it. Oh, look at that. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't listen to it while I was like making pasta or something, but you know, if I was beating up something, maybe. Making pasta. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that like the watch had no shot and it it goes to show. In fact, everyone... I, no, no, the watch only has a shot if we ever do a show about our worst subjects. <laughs> I just it's... love that. Anytime I recommend it to anybody, it's like, no, no, thank you. You you know, I made that vow in our last big episode that from now on i was going to watch the movies that you were going to bring up yeah. and i've already gone off the wagon because i like i look up the watch 2012 and, no yeah it was it was more like do you remember when rick flair would be on his knees in the ring pleading <laughs> no don't hit me you know, i watched the trailer i'm like can't i just pretend that i've seen the whole thing because i'm sure it's another 95 minutes of exactly this <laughs> but it is like i said it was like kryptonite to all my friends so no, good pick. it did look pretty good i was yeah. I, you know if it was on on saturday at three and i was kind of like you know immobilized in some former fashion i would definitely watch it <laughs> but tonight i'm going to give it to megadeth you know what i'm going to do i'm going to be like those aliens and fire in the sky and i'm going to like glue your eyelids open so you can watch the watch <laughs> no more it's fun <laughs> All right, so you had quite a list as well. We had sightings with those creepy window aliens peering in. Da, 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 da. We had Cosmic, the McDonald's alien mascot. Mm-hmm. Alien Autopsy mm-hmm. from 1995. Yep. And we had Kellogg's Starbots. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Did if I there's hit... anything that uh, someone hates more than I hate the watch, it's you and Kellogg's Starbots, huh? <laughs> You just were not buying what I was selling. <laughs> so I hit them all, right? Let's see what we got. I'm going to definitely have to veer toward sightings as, as a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm also going to keep the fire in the sky on there as well. Yeah, those and are two peas in a pod, those two. I know it's going to be an upset here. And everyone's going to be literally gasping while listening to this podcast. And I'm going to go with sightings, Matt. Oh my god. Yeah, I think oh, everyone, Vegas odds makers are fucking killing themselves I, I, right now. Everyone was thinking I was going to go with fire in the sky, but no, no, I'm going with sightings. Those scenes that you described from where the aliens were peering into the window. <sighs> I mean, that is absolute suburban nightmare stuff that sums up everything I love about the whole alien lore. You are so dead on because I've spoken to people who grew up in the same burbs that I did and the episode affected them in exactly the same way. There's a certain type of suburb where this really hits. Yes, and that was definitely a great pick. Yeah, uh, those yes. fucking $15 Kmart blinds in your first floor bedroom window. Ugh! <laughs> so awesome and hopefully everyone listening could steer clear if they see any weird shining lights in the sky that don't look familiar don't trust anybody yeah <laughs> especially if they're in red leather outfits yeah <laughs> so this has been our alien show on the purple stuff and of course you could also visit us at our patreon page that's patreon.com slash purple stuff and if you are part of that you will get our exclusive bonus show yes once a month we appreciate you listening to the purple stuff podcast my name is jay from the sexy armpit my name is matt from dinosaur dracula we'll see you next time in space <laughs>
no blank over here. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.